we got a real simple plan. One man, one mission. Georgia has won the national championship. You're a fan, you might think this is sports heaven. This might be college football heaven. This is ESPN's College Game Day Podcast. Now alongside Pete Thamel, here's Reese Davis. Glad to have you with us on the College Game Day Podcast. Reese Davis and Pete Thamel here, and we're going to spend some time during this offseason talking to a lot of people across college football, and we're delighted to be joined right now by new Florida Atlantic head coach Tom Herman. Tom, uh, great to have you with us. What's it like to be back in the saddle there? Thanks, Reese. Uh, it, it's it's been so much fun. I, I I I remember vividly the very moment that I said I I, I need to coach again, and that was when I, I was trying to be Reese Davis and uh, calling games on. CBS Sports, and I was in uh, Denton, Texas, for the SMU at North Texas game. And again, mind you, that's that's not the horseshoe. That that's not between the hedges. And no offense to the Mean Green, uh, but I, I just I was standing up in the press box, and you know, I, and I watched the band come in. I watched the student section come in. I watched the cheerleaders come in. I watched the the teams file in for, for pregame warmup. And I just, I texted my wife. I, I said, I miss college football. And it's, it's really, really cool, fun, exciting to be back around players, to be back around young men that, um, you know, hopefully I, we can shape in the way that coaches shape me. Let's uh, let's start off on a on a light note. Um, you obviously started your career, Tom, in the media when you were in college. Before you uh, before you went into coaching, you worked at you worked at Fox, and uh, I believe you were also a uh, you were also a uh, PA announcer, right? Cal Lutheran PA announcer. That's correct. Who once got thrown out of a game? Um, is that right? By the umpire. <laughs> yep. All, all um, of you, the above is accurate. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you uh, you know coached for two decades and went back to the media. Um, I remember you telling me a story last year about that game in Denton. How hard is it to call a college football game? Someone who sat in 10 years of production meetings and, and done that. I remember there was a, uh, you have the windows open. You said you were sweating through your shirt. You got a chart with 86 names on it. Like walk us through a little bit of that learning curve. I think that's, that was kind of a fun. It was much harder than I thought and gave me, a newfound appreciation for for what those guys do i i think no offense to to reese on the call i think the color guys have a little bit more uh to a little bit more on their plate maybe uh you know as as the play-by-play guy you know you guys travel with your own spotters and you have this and that and whatnot i don't i don't want to get too too far behind the the curtains there, Reese. <laughs> but, um, it, it, it was really, really hard to get to try to really get to know two teams, both sides of the ball. Like, hey, the, the right guard is coming off two straight ACL surgeries or whatever, you know, to 
to just have that kind of um, breadth and, and depth of your knowledge of each team to feel like you were prepared, I, I think, you know, it, it, it was a bit daunting, to be honest with you. The art of it for an analyst, in my judgment, is to not just inform or to show the audience how much you know or even how much you know about football, but to let them learn something and do it in a way that is not talking down to them, yet not at the same time not turning it into a coaching clinic. You know, that, that's the difficult part, and I think you're right about that, is that, that part of it is significantly more daunting, I think, for, a, for an analyst than it is a play-by-play guy. Yeah, and, and, and not just that, but like you said, Reese, I think you hit the, the nail on the head, is I never knew what level of football knowledge, you know, the, who I was talking to, really. And so, you know, I remember one time, Defense made a good play, and I said, yeah, they were in cover two there. The corner squatted in the flat, and blah, blah, blah. And we go to commercial, and the producer is like, hey, when we come back, talk about <laughs> talk about what cover two is and what squatting in the flat is. And I, I'm like, seriously? <laughs> like, well, people, people are watching football and they, they don't know what cover two is. And he, he said, yeah. And so I went in, I, I described what it was and I think it went over well, but you, you have a new, I don't know, uh, appreciation for the ones that do it well and that educate America on, on our great game, the way that us as coaches would you know, and, and you really have a, once you've sat in that chair, you've got a, a ton of newfound respect for those guys. So Florida Atlantic is right now. Uh, you want to laugh, Pete. You want to laugh right now. Through, and, and you're trying to be really professional, but you want to laugh. <laughs> it's okay to laugh on a podcast, I think. Yes. I don't know. I've it seen, is. I've seen yes. I've seen Joe Rogan a few times. I, I heard he's pretty good. <laughs> so Florida Atlantic is now a Final Four school. It is a place you have now coached for four or five months, six months, six months, I guess. Um, give us a give us a portrait. Um, you didn't buy Lane Kiffin's house, which would have been more fun if you did. Uh, but just give us a sense of like you're six months in. You're at this place. It's a growing sort of place that's teeming with energy. You've got a good young athletic director there. Obviously, uh, America fell in love with your basketball team over the last three months. Just give us a little a little portrait of where FAU is right now, what attracted you there, and what it can become. Well, I, I think we all fell in love with our basketball team. Um, what, what a run that those guys had and, you know, the job that Dusty May has done with that program. And to be able in today's climate, I don't know if – we're, we're going to head down the, the NIL path, but in, in today's climate for him to retain basically all of his starters from a final four team is remarkable. It shows you the, the culture and, you know, love and belief and to, togetherness that they have. I, Pete, I, I can be honest with you when, you know, when I texted Michelle, 
that I miss college football. I I knew that that was going to come with some different priorities, and you know it's it's very difficult. It, basically, we we went into it saying, okay, any job has got to check two boxes. One, uh, you know, I've got a 15 year old son and a nine year old son that are are, are going to move with us and uh, moving uh, a young man after his freshman year of, of high school is, is never easy. So certainly the first box was a place where my family was happy, comfortable, excited about living. And then the second and only other box was, can we win championships? And, um, you know, I, I firmly believe that Players and coaches win games and administrations win championships. And we have a championship administration in Brian White, Mary Gardenia, uh, our president. We, we've got a strong donor base that is eager to help. And so we've got a brand new facility that's a, a year and a half old, basically opened up in 2020, but they, they didn't get to use it because of COVID and it's as good. I mean, we, we didn't have anything like this, even, even at Texas when I first got there. Now they do now because we, we designed it, but, um, you know, the infrastructure, the, the people, the administration, the facilities, and then the recruiting base, you know, I think I saw a stat that 85% of the division one signees that signed out of a Florida high school signed from the three counties that we target the most, which is Dade County, Broward County, Palm Beach County. And so if we can, kind of do what this, this place reminds me a lot. Pete, you came to visit us at Houston. It reminds me a ton uh, of the university of Houston. You know, we, we've got a bunch of two star, three star guys with chips on their shoulder that just you earn their trust, man. And they will run through the wall for you. And they, they've got something to prove. They're hungry. They know that, you know, five and seven is not, you know, that that's underachieving here. And so anyways, I, I that was a long answer to a short question, but I, I, I just, I couldn't be happier. I hope you sense that in my voice. I was going to follow by saying, you know, you, we brought up Dusty May and the basketball program and the facilities that you have now. Dusty told a story around the Final Four that when he accepted the Ford Atlantic job and then went and saw some of the things that he would be up against from a facility standpoint, that he <laughs> felt like he had sabotaged his own career. Pretty emotional about it by taking it and wondering if he had made a catastrophic mistake. Given the fact that you've been at Ohio State and Texas had far more challenges than a lot of people realized, despite their vast resources in terms of uh, keeping up with the Ohio States and Alabamas and Clemsons of the world from a facility standpoint. 
Was there any reservation at any point after you took the job that maybe I should have bided my time, maybe a quote-unquote bigger would have come along? No, I, we, we had quote-unquote bigger this year, uh, this offseason, and we, we, we walked away from it because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not into chasing paychecks, never have been, and I, I want to chase winning and I want to chase opportunity. And I know, I mean, Reese, you're, I mean, and, and I appreciate the question, but, um, man, I'm, I'm not a silver spoon guy. I'm not a born on third base. Think, thinks he hit a triple guy. Uh, I, I'm an only child of a single mom, played division three football. I tell people I was so bad at football. I had to pay a small, liberal arts school, $30,000 a year just to play in, in college. And so, yeah, I coached division three. I, I coached in FCS for six years, coached at Rice, coached at Iowa State. So, yeah, th this is this is right in my wheelhouse, I think. Um, and I, I kind of prefer it that way. And I I really get excited about those kind of challenges. And, and I've been there. I've, I've, I mean, I've, I've been at Houston when we, we couldn't figure out even how to lock the damn doors, you know, because they were 30 years old and, and they hadn't been locked in 30 years. You know, I've, I've been at Sam Houston when we couldn't afford the, the little disc, to put in the urinals in the men's room to, to make it smell better. So like, I, I, I get it. I get it and I enjoy it. Um, now is it, is it, um, is it work? Yes. It's, it's a lot of work, but I, I do think that, I don't know. It, it's the, the essence of coaching you know, is, you know, you, you really get to make an impact on some of these guys that um, maybe, you know, had you done it at a different level at a different place, maybe you wouldn't have. How, how are you better as a head coach? And, and let me hasten to say, you had success at Texas. You obviously had success at Houston, but anytime you step away from something, you change, you gain perspective. The year in the NFL the year in broadcasting, how does that make Tom Herman a better head coach now at FAU than, than even, even if you thought you're, which you were, you were a good head coach before. How are you better now if you are? Well, I am. I, I think, you know, having reset my priorities and, you know, maintaining a better work-life balance just aside from the actual job, I, I think I've become much, much better at organizing those priorities. And then I think just, man, I, I, I just, I wanted to fight the man. And <laughs> the, you never win when you fight the man. <laughs> you know, the man always wins. And, uh, you know, I'm... I got a, there, there's an old saying that I, I had forgotten, to be honest with you, Reese, and that's, 
you got to do business the way business is done. And I, I can buck, cry, <laughs> uh, scream, fight, punch the air, the whole nine, but I'm not going to change college football uh, alone. And I'm not going to change administrations, conferences, donors. Um, and so you, you, you kind of have to learn how to play by their rules. And I, I think I've, I've done a much better job of that this time. And I think the time away has reminded me, do you really have a cough button, Pete? You have a cough I button. muted it because I, I had to cough. I have some <laughs> allergies. You so I don't want to interrupt your fine you? answer, your soliloquy here, and yeah. with my with my hacking. So oh. I thought it was a courtesy. <laughs> were you were you done? Because <laughs> I can ask you. <laughs> I, that's what I was trying to avoid doing was coughing. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yes. You're, you're easily distracted, Tom. Uh, no, you distracted the hell out of me, Pete. <laughs> So give me no, two or three things now that you're six months in at FAU that you are tangibly different as a head coach. These are, you know, I reflected back and I am doing these two or three things different than I did prior stints as a head coach. I kind of like Reese's question better. I'm the specifics guy. I'm the information guy. Yeah. He's the big um, thinker. I, I, I drill down a little uh, bit. Yeah, I, I, I know. Yes, yes, yeah. Sources say, yeah, got it. Um, I, I would say I spend more time uh, with the players. I, I try to be in the locker room, the training room, lunch, you know, all of that. I, you know, I was, was on my way to kind of doing that at Texas when COVID hit. You know, I had gone to visit Brian Kelly and, and know that he kind of, you know, made a significant overhaul of, of the way that, that he ran his organization. So I think spending more time with the players, I've always loved players and, you know, because coaches have loved me. But I think sometimes when you build indoor facilities and you get new grass practice fields and you you're, you're, you're feeding them better at a, at a place like FAU. Sometimes you feel like, well, I'm doing all this for the kids and, and, and you are, but I don't know that the kids ever kind of feel that sense that, you know, what you're really doing um, behind the scenes. And so not that I needed to go have lunch with Kobe Lewis and, and go say, Hey, you see the new grass we got on the practice field, but it it matters. It, it definitely matters. I, I think that is one. I think um, trusting our personnel department a little bit more and allowing, you know, some recruiting decisions to be made, not ever with without my stamp, but um, – maybe skipping a, a few steps that were in place prior. And then you said three, so I want to give you three. Um, I, I don't yell as much. I, I think I, 
I understand what's important. You know, I, I, I still, still yell, like, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> um, but I, I also pride myself now in relaxing. And I remember even at Texas, I mean, that, that was coming to me. And uh, again, you have to realize that the trees that I, the coaching trees that I came from, from Paul Rhodes to Urban Meyer and uh, those kind of guys. So, you know, that that's just kind of how I, I knew successful coaching to be. And I, I take a lot of pride even at, you know, before we left Texas, I remember there was one time where a young man that I was coaching there named Casey Thompson was in practice and like any school, the quarterbacks are wearing black jerseys, can't touch them the whole nine. And he took off scrambling and he slid. And I, I, I swore to myself, I, I, I said, if this were me, four years ago, I would have undressed that kid in, in front of his peers. But I think I've come to understand whether we like it or not. Again, I'm, I don't, but the sensitivity of today's youth and, you know, that their feelings matter and right, wrong or indifferent, like I said, way earlier in this soliloquy that you you got to do business the way that business is done and uh, that's that's the way of the world these days hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So, so now that Casey Thompson, a guy that you know well, is there at FAU, what impact do you think he can have on your first season there? Well, I, I think uh, a healthy, healthy Casey Thompson is better than, you know, anything that, that FAU has had here for, for quite some time. And I don't. I don't think there's any debate there for a guy that started pretty much an entire season at the University of Texas, an entire season at uh, the University of Nebraska. You know, we we saw in him as well as Cam Rising in that um, kind of historic recruiting class of, of quarterbacks for us. Uh, you know, we we saw 
some things in him that maybe others didn't. And I, I just, he has grown up. He is, and, and again, Reese, I, I don't know, quite frankly, I don't, I don't care what's, what's legal or, or not. You know, I've, I've maintained relationships with many, many, many of the young men that we recruited and coached to the University of Texas. And I will till the day I leave this planet, but his growth and maturity and experience it's just been really really fun exciting uh, to watch and then for him to feel like he needed uh, one last place to go before his eligibility expired and and for him and charles and and corey and and everybody with everything that he's been through to come come back and and really trust me and trust us and what we're doing and i'm i'm really proud of that to be honest with you and um i i think it says a lot for you know the kind of relationships that that we build and we pride ourselves on that a young man that we started recruiting eight years ago uh, would feel comfortable enough to to come join our program for his last year of college football, and yeah, I, we we take a lot of pride in that. Now, I will tell you this: Daniel Richardson, Ben Ballard, Tyreek Starks, really good players. So K- Casey's got his work cut out for him. I mean, there, there there's nothing that's going to be handed to him, nor does he want that, and. You know, he, he's coming off a surgery to his throwing shoulder, which the last quarterback I coached that, that had a similar surgery was Braxton Miller, and he never really threw the football again. And so, you know, we, we, we've got a long ways to go in terms of rehab and, and, um, functionality, but if, if we can get Casey to, to where he has been from a health standpoint, I, I think he's got a chance to, to be a really, really good player for us. I'm going to circle back, Tom, to some of the things you alluded to earlier about chip on your shoulder, underdogs. I'm going to ask you a two-part question here. One is, why do you, why do you feel like you are best suited as an underdog? And then two, you had mentioned, uh, about, I believe it's one of your guards. I think it's Marquise Robinson, a redshirt senior, whose story particularly struck you. Um, and I'm wondering if you can walk me through Marquise. And, and I think he sort of epitomizes the kind of player that you've connected with over the years and enjoy coaching. I appreciate you bringing Marquise up, and I'll, I'll get to him in a second. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know, Pete. I mean, I, I guess... Probably for, you know, why do I gravitate towards these kind of players? I think probably because I see a lot of me in them. You know, I, um, I got my degree in business, not psych, psychology. So I, I'm not <laughs> exactly sure, you know, uh, the psychology behind it, but it, it's just a very, I don't, I mean, 
when when you see a guy like Elandon Roberts go from Morgan State to walk on transfer at Houston to seventh round pick by Bill Belichick to then starting at Mike linebacker as a rookie for the world champion New England Patriots and win the Super Bowl in your hometown of, of Houston. Like, I mean, how, how does that not get you fired up? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that have had much easier paths and, and upbringings and everybody has challenges, but man, when, when you see young men overcome obstacles, it, it, it the, I, huh. it's, it's very motivating. Let's just, let's just put it that way. And yeah, Marquise, uh, please everybody watch for number 75 for the Florida Atlantic Owls. He'll be playing right guard. Not many people watch the right guard, <laughs> but, uh, he's also the youngest of five boys. And all four of his older brothers, none of them made it past the 10th grade. Two of them are currently incarcerated. The other two have been at some point in their life or another. And Marquise got married last summer. He walked across the stage with a college degree in December and him and his wife just celebrated the birth of their first first child um, in March. And so, I mean, guys, if that's not why we're doing this, then we, we, we need to look ourselves in the mirror. I mean, the, the power of college athletics is alive and well, and it is absolutely making a difference in Boca Raton for some of these young men and and their lives. I think most of us are in favor of NIL players getting something. When you, when you look at the, when you look at the big picture of this without sacrificing that there is a move toward perhaps, you know, more professionalization contracts, which would, and, and you've got the, you've got the son of another one. Do we have here, Tom? here too. <laughs> I hope people are watching on YouTube this right now. Ryan, so you, you got Lewis. With you. Toby Lewis is uh, five month old son. Yeah. He looks like That's he awesome. could compete with young Teddy. Uh, that'd be a pretty good sumo match in the playpen. That's why I'm, I'm telling you, dude, like <laughs> you need to bring Teddy to Boca Raton and we'll get like a, a, a healthy fight going around in the, uh, the wrestling, <laughs> wrestling match. These stories like that, you holding, you holding Kobe's son, the story you just told. And I, look, I'm all for players making whatever they can. I think the market will settle a lot of this. But when you let the market settle, settle things, there is a professionalization aspect that comes into play. There's a bottom line aspect. There's more concern about how productive is this player if we're going to keep him around. How does that threaten the type of thing? Oh, threatens the wrong word. How does that impact the type of things that you're talking about that college sports can can give opportunities to 
people to elevate their station in life to to overcome difficult circumstances if it does at all you know as we all know the majority of young men that play college football are, aren't going to make a penny off of this game whether that's name image and likeness whether that's professional uh, but they they are going to get a piece of paper hopefully and an education that nobody will ever be able to take away from them. And I, I, I don't ever want to lose sight of the value of that. Um, now, I am, I, I mean, I've got a funny story. I don't know that I've ever told it publicly, but when I was at Ohio State, Pete, you, you, you may remember this, but Braxton Miller went and, you know, accepted uh, an award and he had what appeared to be a Louis Vuitton belt. I, apparently those are expensive. I don't know. I get mine at um, Marshall's, so I don't know. But Well, yeah, <laughs> but you get everything at Marshall's, Pete. Um, so the, so I, you know, it, we get called me and, and Braxton, we get called into Gene Smith's office and, you know, uh, hey, somebody had emailed wondering how a college student can have a $750 belt. And Braxton said, Coach, this is a knockoff. <laughs> I paid $25 for this. And it, it got me thinking, uh, like, okay, where are we at? And, and this is 10 years ago, Reese. Uh, I went to NCAA.org. And Pete, I don't know if I've ever even told you this story. And the the .org I thought meant nonprofit, right? Anytime you you see org at the end of a website, it, it should be a not for profit organization. And I went on their uh, shop, if you will, their their virtual store, and. You know, for years, people had been skirting the name, image, and likeness by just using jersey numbers, right? Well, we, mm -hmm. we all know who wears this number and that number. But this was so blatant that on, on the NCAA website, they're, they're probably going to slap me with some kind of level three violation for telling this story. But um, the website said number five. Ohio State Braxton Miller jersey. And I thought to myself, this is not right. This is not right that this kid has to get called into the, you know, for lack of a better term, gets called into the principal's office with his coach to explain a $25 knockoff belt. And yet, the NCAA, a nonprofit organization, is benefiting from his name and his jersey number. And it, it just felt wrong to me, Reese. It, you know, it, 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 that is wrong. And so, but now we're here and <laughs> we have, um, you know, sometimes the NCAA can be ready, fire, aim. And, um, 
you know, they, we, we get panicked into making decisions. Uh, and I don't think we fully understand the, the consequences of those decisions. And when the decision to let young players profit off their name, image, and likeness, I think we all had the best intentions of the world. We wanted to prevent what was happening to Braxton Miller ever happening again. Um, but as we all know, what has happened is it has become a recruiting inducement. And I fear that places like FAU, places like Houston uh, are going to be become farm farm leagues for, you know, the 15 highest um, grossing collectives in the country. <laughs> and that, that worries me about our sport. And I don't know how you put the toothpaste back in the tube. I really don't. I wish I, I had better answers for you. But do I believe in NIL? Absolutely. I think any human being walking the planet if the market tells you your value is this, then then you should be able to command that value. But when it turns into recruiting, that's that's when it, it just it goes down a slippery slope that I, I don't know that we can crawl back up from, you know. Yeah. You know, the one thing I would say is. The NCAA, and they can't hit me with a level three violation. <laughs> they, did, they didn't decide to do it out of the goodness of their heart. They fought it to the Supreme Court and got trounced. For 20 and, years. And now, yes. Yeah, and, now they're, and now, they're, now they're afraid, you know, they're afraid to do anything about it. Please, and I'm they're not really they're sure afraid anything. of their own shadow. I mean, let's yeah. call it what it is. I mean, yeah. it, and I, lawsuit, the threat of lawsuits is what's driving the legislation of the National Collegiate Athletic Association. And I, I don't know, I'm 47, I'm not 27. I, I, I don't, you know, if, if, if they fire me tomorrow, um, I'll be all right. But man, I, I just think, you know, our, our sport needs a, a reset button. It, it, it really does. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What would be the first thing you would do if you could hit that reset button? What would it be? I've never thought about that. Um, <laughs> I've always been, 
the guy presenting the problem is never the solution. The guy who's doing business, I know, doing business I know. is done, yeah. right? I would, I, would no, be, you know, I would be yelling at my assistants right now. <laughs> they, <laughs> but, but I mean, I think it does, under, it does underscore some of the some of the difficulties because you hear people say, well, put rules in place. Well, if they put rules in place, there are going to be more lawsuits. So the only way, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a student. I'm not a legal scholar. I've, I've read and studied about this and talked to a lot of people about it. The only way forward I see is collective bargaining. Now, whether that's with a trade association type thing for the players or something like that. But the other problem, the other facet that you brought up, I don't have a good answer for is what it does to FAU, Houston, UAB to keep them from being farm systems. And I know you're probably not going to like this take. I still haven't come to terms with whether that's necessarily a bad thing because I left, I left Columbus, Georgia to go to Flint, Michigan because it was a better job. And I left Flint, Michigan to go to ESPN because it was a better job. It was better for my career path. I left Ames, Iowa to go to Columbus, Ohio. Like I, right. I, I get it. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a difficult thing because there are unintended consequences, no matter which path you take to try to make it best for all. Yeah. I, I would say a, a couple things probably. One is when you were making those decisions, you were an adult with a college degree um, and you had kind of, earned that right um, to go where you wanted to go and, and do what you wanted to do. But you, you, you also had a choice in that too. And you, you could have stayed had you not wanted, you know, had moving been not your cup of tea at, at the time. I, I, I just, it is, it is hard for me to fathom a world of college athletics where a school in the Atlantic Coast Conference that has been, you know, a middle of the pack program for a long time and um, uh, with a head coach that I respect tremendously and they find a diamond in the rough receiver and recruit him, develop him, and then he leaves uh, after two years. And that, that's, that's a tough pill for me to swallow. Does, does that kid have the right to do that? He absolutely does. Like, I don't, I don't want to um, disparage any of the rights that, that these young men have. But I think if we told – every team in the NFL that you had to have 85 guys on one year contracts, I think they would laugh in your face, you know, and that's what we have right now is we have 85 guys on one year contracts that can leave at any time they want. And uh, can I, can my DB coach and offensive coordinator, they can too. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I, I get that, but it, it's, man, I, I don't know. Like, like if, if this is the route we want to go, then, then let's sign contracts. Let's have, uh, you know, multi-year 
you know, uh, agreement to where both parties involved are protected. And I don't know that, and I don't know, I, I know that we're not there right now. College football is changing the last year of the current playoff structure. And after this year, Ford Atlantic, other programs like them have a viable path to get into the college football playoff. How does that impact your ability to, to maybe compete with the, with the upper echelon in terms of resources uh, for player retention and potentially compete with them on the field too? Again, I, I hate to draw similarities to, to the University of Houston too often, but it, the, the programs are, are very similar in terms of the, the timing of, of when we took them over. And, you know, are, are we going to beat Florida and Florida State on, on an in-state kid or Alabama? Like, probably not. Probably not in recruiting. We're going to try, but the, the odds are that we're not. But what we need to make sure is that in these three counties that make up basically you know, 85% of the Division One signees in the state of Florida, we need to make sure that a middle-of-the-road, quote-unquote, Power 5 team, you know, from Oregon or Indiana or whatever does not, you know, when they come into the, the, the Tri-County area, they're, they're going to be in for, for a fight. And when it comes to recruiting, and we're going to make Florida Atlantic you know, the, the really, really cool place to go. And I, I, I think you, you don't need to look any further than what we did at Houston when, when we signed at Oliver, who mm-hmm. was still the, is still the, the only five-star recruit to ever sign with a group of five school. And, you know, I, I think he's a testament to knowing, he said, you know, if you ask Ed and, and it, he doesn't need to be any more complicated than this. He just said, Coach, I was going to play in the NFL no matter no matter where I went to college. So why not play at home, represent my city, represent uh, my hometown, uh, you know, while I prepare for the National Football League? And I, I think when we get to that point here at Florida Atlantic, which I think that we can very shortly, you know, you, you look at Houston, you look at Cincinnati, you look at UCF. Um, I mean, guys, it's been done, <laughs> you know, and, and there, there isn't, um, you're not selling hope anymore. You're selling reality. And I, I think that's, Maybe the biggest thing is that you, you've got these examples in Houston, in UCF, in Cincinnati, and now with the playoffs going to 12 teams, it's it's not just hope. It, it, it is it's truly reality, Reese. Let's uh, let's wrap with this, Tom. Uh, and you've been generous with your time. We we, we appreciate it. Uh, I believe you open with uh, Monmouth and then Ohio, who's very good and has a very good quarterback if he's healthy, Nathan Rourke coming back. And then you go to Clemson on uh, September 16th. Uh, I believe 
as a group of five coach, you are five and zero at playing power five programs. Um, just what can this season of FAU be? Uh, the great Bill Connolly has you had you going into spring, and obviously things change uh, with eighty three percent of your returning production. You bring in Casey Thompson, bunch of transfers uh, like everybody else. Just what can this first edition of Tom Herman's FAU Owls be? I talked to Phil Steele this morning. Is Bill Connolly similar to Bill? Phil is more Steele? analytic like driven. Yeah, I don't and Bill, Bill works is for more us analytics driven. I got gotcha. you. Okay. <laughs> wow, that's, he's better that's than on Bill Steele. Forever, I prefer Bill Connolly <laughs> to Bill <laughs> Steele. All right. You can't erase that, dude. You can't erase that. <laughs> Trust me. There's so, a lot of there's a lot of out there that I can't erase too. So, uh, <laughs> so it's all good. So much, yeah. so much for Peach Free Magazine. Right? Yeah, yeah. You, you're gonna have to pay seven ninety nine now at Walmart for that damn thing. It's like twelve ninety nine, but the thing makes you go cross eyed. The fonts are so small. <laughs> Bill Connolly, the fonts are perfect. Um, you, you you asked what can we be? I I think. You know, based on, you know, what, what we've been able to do as a program, not just me as a head coach, but the people that I have surrounded myself with in this program, um, you know, we, we didn't beat number three, Oklahoma, number three, Louisville, number eight, Florida State. Not that I remember all of their rankings when we, when we played them, but we, we didn't do that because we had better players. We had really good players. Don't get me wrong. Um, but none of those head coaches would trade rosters with me. I know that. Um, I mean, you're talking about, man, I saw Jalen Ramsey in pregame warmups and I was worried to even bring my team out. You know, I mean, that guy is a, I mean, he's just an incredible human specimen and, and, a, and a great player too. And so how do you win those games? You win them by, um, you out physical people and you out love them. And I know that's, you're rolling your eyes probably right now in, in Boston and, and Reese and Ponte Verde or, you know, and, or, or stores, Connecticut or wherever that is. But man, I'm just telling you, you know, the, the things, uh, that, human beings are capable of doing because of genuine love it, it, it's remarkable it's 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 why you hear of mind over matter why you hear of a woman whose child gets hit by a car and she lifts the car off of the child it's why i use the example all the time you know if if i'm sitting at home by myself and two guys with ski masks comes in and, and, and point a gun at me. You know what I'm doing? I'm running. I'm running. Like, I don't like my house that much. Um, now you put Michelle and my three kids behind me, and now we're fighting. And you're, you're going to have a, a, a fight to the death. And I'm not asking these these kids. We're not asking these kids to fight to the death by any stretch. But I, I think if you can kind of formulate that that vision in your head of the things that motivate human beings, man, it, it is it is powerful. And we feel that the two greatest motivating factors are love and fear. And love wins every time. 
You know, when I'm by myself, I'm fearful and I run when those two guys come in my house. Uh, when you put Michelle, Priya, TD, and Maverick behind me, what motivates me is love and I fight. And I, I think to answer your question, Pete, I think that if, if we can develop the kind of brotherhood, the kind of love, and let's not forget the physicality. Uh, you know, I, I'll never forget when we beat number three, Oklahoma, uh, to open the season. I mean, we, we were getting our butts kicked in the first quarter. And one of our safeties came downhill. Baker Mayfield threw a swing pass to Samaje P. Ryan. And one of our safeties just absolutely, he hit him really hard, Pete and, and Reese. And Samaj P. Ryan didn't, didn't come back in the game. And he played the next week. Um, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure what kept him out the rest of that game. But um, it, it was a turning point for us in that game. And I, I think there's the power of, of physicality and knowing that you're at the end of the day, this game is still about moving another human being somewhere he doesn't want to go against his will. And that hopefully will never change. And, you know, as long as it doesn't, we're, we're going to, practice that way. You can't practice soft and play hard. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to practice really, really hard and we're going to love each other a ton. And I think the, I'm not into prognosticating, uh, Pedro, but, um, if, if we can accomplish those two things, then we're going to have a, a heck of a season. Well, it's great that uh, you've moved your way back into college football. Congratulations on the job, and we're really looking forward to seeing the Owls play this season. Tom, thanks for spending so much time with us. We're much appreciated. Thanks, Reese. Appreciate you. Pete, appreciate you. Sarah, nice to meet you. Schwink, I don't even know your real name. Nice to meet you. It's Mr. Schwink. Mr. Schwink. <laughs> I'm going to call him Coach Schwink. By the way. Coach. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We appreciate Tom Herman spending so much time with us right now. Look forward to seeing his team on the field this fall. And we are spending on when you downloaded this inside 100 days until week zero or maybe exactly 100 days. Thanks for listening. You can get the College Game Day podcast wherever you prefer to download your podcast.